I thought I'd open with, I've got a, a few movies, but instead of casting the original stars in the movies, I want to cast major uh, cyclocross stars Okay. in them. Intrigued. So, yeah, this one is a biopic about uh, a great R&B and pop singer who lived with an abusive husband who was also one of the originators of rock and roll. And then she had a second coming pop career later on. Uh, ah, Tina Turner. Yes. Beyond the Thunderdome. And the pun is, mm. Woot's love got to do with it. Bingo. Nice. Yes. All right. Here's another one. Okay. This is... Um, this is a... Uh, Let's see, a pastiche B-movie about aliens attacking the Earth, directed by Tim Burton, but starring a diminutive Dutchman. Oh, Lars Attacks. Yes! Very nice, Bodie. Yeah, all right. The last one's a little bit tricky because it's not to do with the name of the star. But this is a classic horror story that's been made into movies. Uh, and it's about, well, there's a little twist in this one. Okay, imagine you are a cyclocross superstar. Maybe you are a U.S. champion. Maybe you're a Pan-American champion. Mm-hmm. But you have an alter ego, alter ego ah. that stands on the side and gives you a hard time while you race. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll. And Stephen Hyde. No, Dr. Heckle. Oh, yes. Dr. Heckle and, and Mr. Stephen Hyde. Hyde. It's a double twist. <laughs> Very nice. Shall we start the show? Well, Matt, that was a lot of fun and very <laughs> challenging. That we didn't rip too much off of the Slow Ride podcast segment, did we? With no. that one? Did they do something with movie titles? Oh, like that. They drafted a team. They casted a film with cyclists. Anyway, uh, it was, it was I, I enjoyed that. It was good. Good stuff, Matt. You guys are bringing the A game to the uh, cold opens lately. Yeah. yeah. You're up next, Bodie. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, start thinking about it, bud. Yeah, I'm going to start thinking about it. And while I'm thinking about it, I'm going to welcome everybody to the 28th episode of the Yeah, You Ride podcast. This is Bodie Bodie. And this is the T-Bone. And this is Suchirio. Well, I would say that uh, with that cold open, Matt, we should go ahead and jump right in and start talking about some of those folks in, in, in real life. Maybe starting with uh, answers to questions one and two. The uh, aforementioned Wout Van Aert. Did he race? And this Lars weekend? Vanderhaar. Did they race? Well, Lars gonna, did. I'm I'm putting my cyclocross hat on oh, right good. now. Oh, I'm, good. I got to make sure it's got some luft. It's got that has a lot of luft <laughs> already. And, and yeah, the cross talk is on. Well, Lars raced, but Woot or Wout? Do we say Woot? It's Woot. I, I say Wout. Wout Woot. He did a commercial, didn't he? And it was, well, well, we'll figure it out. It's Woot. So he did a commercial instead of racing? Uh, he didn't race. Okay. He did not race the European Championships. You want to do the men's first? Let's hear it. We can do that? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Matt, you're going you're gonna to talk to us about the race because 
uh, as our listeners will come to find out later on in this episode. Bodie was in Louisville taking photographs of a cross race, and I was in Ruston racing a cross race all weekend. Uh, so and I was so, here just watching cross races. So we had all bases covered. That's yeah. good, though. All right. I so you're going to give us the race report, and then Bodie and I are going to both ask questions and, of course, uh, give lots of steaming hot takes on the <laughs> Eurocross championships. Yeah. Emphasis on the steaming. Yeah. So, okay. So it was in Tabor. Uh, or Tabor in uh, Czech Republic. They've done the world championships there in the past. They have, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, home of uh, former amazing world champion, uh, Zdenek Stibar. And it was a pretty fast course. No, I wouldn't say it was super technical. It had a couple of items to it. It was, I think, one of the things that made it hard was because it was so fast. And... Uh, no real surprises in the men's race in that Matthew van der Poel basically One. led the whole thing. Okay, so nothing real new. Well, except Lars went with him. Lars, Lars attacked. Okay. And so it was Lars and MVDP for about a lap or so. And then <laughs> oh, okay, MVDP so. dropped him at the barriers because... Almost everybody, except for Michael Van Tornout and a very diminutive uh, Italian, uh, Bertolini, who I've never seen before. Uh, Finished top five, though, if I remember from he, looking at the results. I don't know if he was top five. He was in, he was in that... Well, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, the interesting thing, I think, was that La, uh, Lars ran the barriers. And there was like a little... Up, slight up to the barriers so I think that put people off um, hopping them they were pretty tall barriers too uh, but Vanderpol made easy work of them and opened up a gap every lap and just kept opening it up and opening it, it made up. easy work of riding them yes he said of he riding stayed them. On his whereas whereas Lars uh, Lars was running them and so I mean that was that was pretty much it I mean everything else was just kind of textbook Vanderpol, he didn't really put a foot wrong the whole time. Uh, stayed ahead. It was, you know, in contrast to last week where, you know, or Wednesday, um, where it was, uh, you know, the Koppenberg was just like a, um, a a real struggle for everybody. This was this was easy work for him. And then there was a big group behind. Like a peloton, literally a peloton. Yeah, I saw that the the, uh, uh, the finish times for the you know six or seven people immediately behind him were all very close. Yep. Let me ask you this: Was it cold at all? Uh, it looked chilly, but not uh, extremely cold. No. I saw, and this is a little bit of a segue, but I saw that in uh, Washington State, uh, some folks were racing in snow. Wow. Sort of that that snow that is a little bit wet, mm. you know, just at thirty two. So they were coming across the finish line. Their helmets had, you know, that uh, almost like icicles on them from wow. the buildup of snow. So I was, that actually looked refreshing and nice yeah. compared to the weather we've had. So yeah, we haven't had any particularly extreme cross weather in Europe yet, have we? No, I mean that that's not happened yet. So and let, Tabor did not look like it was that cold. It looked like it was chillier than we've seen, but not not really bad. Uh, let me ask you another question, Matt. Yep. 
was what jersey was Vanderpool wearing? Was he wearing his Dutch jersey? Because yep. I he was. He, he was, was wearing the yep. the they orange were all Dutch wearing jersey. Wearing national kits. Yeah. Okay. So they're wearing interesting. They're wearing national kits in the Euro Cyclocross Championships. Yep. But at the Pan Ams, mm-hmm. they were all wearing trade team kits. That is interesting. Unless they were national champion. Yeah, I don't know. That That's odd, isn't it? Yeah, I'm also noticing it says it's the UEC Cyclocross European Championships. What yeah. is that? I don't know what you, Union European Cyclist. I'm just guessing that. Here's the, reason, what it is. here's the reason I asked the question. I saw some uh, still photos from the race mm-hmm. that had a caption about how Vanderpool rode away from the field and was enjoying some tail whips over a particular bumpy section of the course. But the individual who was pictured tail whipping was not wearing a Dutch national jersey. Yeah, I didn't see him pulling any tail whips, and I watched the whole race. Uh, But the camera wasn't always on him because it was actually the, the, the more interesting race was... So they the finally was figured the, it was out. The, third, the, the race for third was the interesting race. Because it seems like what happens, though, is that the cam, the director up in the TV booth will still stay on the leader the entire time. When we're like, okay, we know he's won. Let's let's watch the battle for third or yep. the battle for fifth. Yeah. And why don't they use split screen? Uh, that's, a good, that's a good question. Or even like picture in picture. Yeah, picture in picture would probably be a better thing than split screen. Just yeah. Boop, drop I mean, it down they could show then, where he yeah. is and then be like the big picture is like of, of what's happening behind. You know, also, there's not, you think they would do this, there's no um, graphic that shows in real time where riders are on the course. That would be also be an interesting feature of on-screen Yeah, it doesn't have that kind of NASCAR technology going on. Or, They've got timing chips, that's pretty easy. We know you can yeah. do it. I mean, we've got a program called Cross Manager. We don't have it, but you can technically set that up. Um, anyway, so... So, the race for third was the real interesting thing. I mean, wh- one other one other point. I mean, uh, Van der Haar is the best of the rest right now, you know. And Woot wasn't there. So, that was interesting. His so, any a- idea where... Conspicuous... Where's Where Woot? he was. Where where's Woot? Woot? <laughs> wait, wait, hang on. I feel like I follow <laughs> Woot on Twitter now. And he was going somewhere to do some training. Oh, Italy, I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. He was skipping to go to Italy to do some training after his disappointment. Well, here's the thing. From yes. Wednesday. Yeah, Kobenberg, which we should maybe hit briefly. Yeah. Not a good finish. He doesn't know what's wrong. That's right. I got some takes. Takes are flowing. They're coming back now. <laughs> He's not sure what's going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's who's his coach? Um, gosh. It's Niels. Yep. Niels is not sure either, so he was going to go do some training, get back to basics, whatever that meant, um, and go to Italy. Yeah. Also, though, a little bit I of think, a boot camp kind I of think thing. He sure. So he went. Let's say he goes to Pan Am Champs, or sorry, not Pan Am, uh, Euro right. Champs, wins the jersey. He's not going to wear it. No. He's a world champion. Right. So he's like, why would I even like need to have that jersey? Let match you, you know, or, have another win over me sure no he's not there he can't win over him well yeah but you know i i think, I think this is 13 for the year for vanderpool yeah, it's kind of crazy yeah so matthew will probably be wearing the euro champ jersey now because he's doesn't he's not a world champ no so he'll have the 
Does Wait. that that overrides the Dutch jersey that yes, he has? Definitely. Um, so now we're going to confuse him with Tunerts all the time, except no. that he'll be out front and Tunerts will. Well, no, so. because he just took Tunerts' jersey. That's yeah. what I'm saying. We're now going to confuse him with Tunerts. No, because, no, because he'll be at the front <laughs> and Tunerts will be in the middle. Tunerts will be on a trek. <laughs> also, do you get to rock world champion bands on your Euro Championship jersey? Absolutely. I okay. would say. Well, I'm excited to see. Uh, uh, this kit. So, Matt, the women's well, race? Well, no, we're, we're not quite oh. done yet. Oh. Sorry. I know we're going long already, but... Townsend's eyes just Townsend's mad so because we're not... Boy, he just pitched you a softball segue, and we got to <laughs> Well, no, because stuck. we didn't talk about who finished third, and... Oh, true. Conveniently, it, it wasn't was Kevin Palace. Don't care. Wasn't Kevin Palace. It was Toon. Toon finished third. Oh, man. You know what? This weekend, uh, Kerry Warner called himself the Kevin Powells of the American Cross. Oh, that's sad. And I said, well, Kevin Powells is my one of my favorite cross racers. And someone else said, yeah, me too. Does so. he have the great, uh, you know, the the, the amazing, uh, you know, character that uh, Kevin Warner Powell's seems has? a lot cooler than uh, Kevin Powells. So. <laughs> it, would, it would be hard to seem less cool than Kevin Powells. Uh, anyway. anyway. So, Ladies, let's talk about the women. Yeah, okay. All right. So you don't want to hear about anything about that race for third? Fine. So what? the women... <laughs> no, Tunard's got third. Yeah. Tunard's got third, but Michael Van... It was a two-up sprint between him and Michael okay. Van Turnhout. Van Turnhout was not happy at the end. And... Mm. And Toon... The bike throw. Toon came and, like, patted him on the back and said, you know, like... Hey, kind of like you know, great race, blah 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 blah. And as he and after he walked away, Van Turnhout did the petulant bike throw. Yeah, he was not happy. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, always, always got to be some drama with bikes, huh? Yep. Yeah. I mean, guys, come on, look after your bikes. No, they're pros. Why would they? Who cares? Well, you know, you got to be. No, pros are allowed to throw their bikes. I'm sorry. No. Yes. I think it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to your sponsors. That's how I feel. Yeah, or your laying, mechanic. Matt's laying down the law. I mean, if you if you break something <laughs> on that bike, who's going to fix it? Your mechanic. That's, That's true. a dude that you got to deal with all the all time. Right. You owe him some. Those love. are those are some fair points, but I I do think that that if anybody's allowed to throw a bike, it's a pro. Someone who's put a lot of time, effort, training, and like something goes wrong that maybe they don't have control of. Maybe their mechanic messed up and their chain then breaks or whatever. Don't think it was the bike's fault. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you my take on this. If your bike breaks and takes you out of a race, then you can throw your bike. Yes. If you're mad because you lost and it's not your bike's fault, you can't throw your bike. Okay. Agreed. That's, that's fair. Agreed. Right. We have oh, a ruling here, right? That's good. Uh, we have a I, ruling. I will agree with that. Okay. Yeah. And it wasn't the bike's fault. No. All right. So, women's race, uh, again, guess what? Women's race was closer. Uh, it came down to a, uh, basically a two-up sprint between um, Lucinda, Lucinda, and Lucinda Brand. And Lucinda Brand. And, oh, yeah, Lucinda Brand, cool. Once again, Lucinda Brand looking really good. Uh, Ara Zufi in third. Yes, All right, so exactly. She's... Great. And this is the thing. Like, the Italians really showed up. We had uh, Bertolini, who was riding really strong in that chase group for third place. In the men's race. Yeah. And then just, he had 12. And he was one of the guys that was hopping the barriers. Uh, yeah, he kind of faded right towards the end, but he was really hanging in there with those guys. Um, really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see more of him. 
because he was an ex very much in the style of Lars, smaller rider who kind of like really hops, you know, like pumps his body up and down while he's riding. Well, Matt just can't stop talking about the men's race. I'm sorry. Okay, so with the women, yes, Arfuzzi was there, and also uh, uh, Eva Lechner was in there as well for the Italians. And there was a lot more diversity of nations, let's put it yeah, that I'm way. Yeah, I'm looking at this the, the finishing list, and it's not your typical um, no. Belgian-Dutch uh, Belgian flag. Dutch. Speaking yeah. of missing racers this week, I see Sophie de Boer did not race the Euro Championships either. Uh, she did not, no. She also, like, wow, is trying to figure out what's going what on with her season. Wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anne-Marie Wurst, fourth. That's a pretty yep. strong finish. Once again, really strong. You know, and you know who Beat did Maud. not? Maud did not have a great race at all. She did not look happy at all at any time during that race. She always looked to be on the back foot the whole time. So that was interesting. Uh, well, I would still take her season over just about anybody else's to date. I have to say that. Well, but speaking of which, I mean, Santa, world champion jersey, nobody's going to we be wearing that Euro jersey That's in the true. women's races. And she's also the Belgian champion, too. Yeah. So she's hogging all kinds of jerseys. Yeah. They should do it like in the tour, where if you are if you have a jersey, but you're wearing another jersey, then you <laughs> pass, pass, it off pass it down to somebody else. That would yeah. be pretty good. Like a little that. handoff. So that would mean that uh, Lucinda, Lucinda Brand, Brand would, would be, be wearing, wearing the Euro jersey, and who would be wearing the Belgian jersey? Uh, We'd have to never got second last second year. Yeah, Belgian Ellen Van Loy. I think that was worst. I think you might be right. That was no, I think that but was... no, worst is worst is Dutch. Oh, that's true. Oh, I know who it was. Uh, other uh, under God damn, I've forgotten her name. Anyway, Vandershoot. Yeah. Yes, Vandershoot. We haven't seen yeah. all season. That's right. Vandershoot. Well, no, we've seen a little bit. We've seen a little bit of her. Or is it Jolene Vershuen? No, no, it's not Vershuen. No, 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 it's no. Van, it's, it was uh, Laura Vandershoot. Vandershoot. Okay, yeah. all right. Yep. Good call, buddy. We we have not seen her. Don't all right. See her. So, Bodie, what did you do this weekend? And um, speaking of... Uh, speaking of multinational oh. conglomerate races, yep. Matt, you have something else to say. No, I was just going to mention briefly... Did, oh, Matt had something else to say about the men's race. Nope, the oh. men's U23 race. Oh, oh yeah. You're, yeah, your buddy. My boy, Eli. Your boy, Eli, who um, allegedly deviated from his line in the sprint... Uh, and pushed uh, pushed my boy Tom Pitcock uh, into the barriers so that he couldn't beat him. Anyway, oh, moving well. on. We'll have to go to the tape on that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bodie, you were up in Louisville this weekend, and you got a double race weekend up there. Yeah. So I skipped out on the Delta States Grand Prix, which I was sorry to miss, but I wanted to go take some photos after being at Trek. I had a blast doing that. And so I went to Louisville, and day one on Saturday was the Derby City Cup, C1. That and was the final race in the U.S. Cup CX Series, correct? Yeah. And then day two was same course, um, was then just the Pan Am Championships. Anyone, you know, people from That would be Pan Canada. <laughs> well, it's North America. The America. Yeah. I think it's the whole it, America. the Americas. Right? Yes. Yeah, there was a Chilean rider, oh, Colombian. that's right. That's right. The entire uh, Western Hemisphere. Argentinian. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's the entire Americas. <laughs> which, is, But it's mostly Americans and a sprinkling <laughs> of uh, Canadians. and Anyway. But they're all Americans. True. They are. Yeah. That mostly Americans, but all Americans. Yeah. United Statesians? Yes. 
Is that how that said? Yeah, sure. Well, anyway, so Louisville, uh, the Derby City course is not the same as World Championships, uh, Eva, Eva Bandman, uh, next to the river. It's a new course uh, oh. next to the zoo. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty good Nationals. It's Nationals 2018, but December 2018. So we have got Reno upcoming in January, and then the following December, it's, it's there. And it's going to be on that course, on not that on course. the World okay. course. I think it's a solid course. Uh, okay. It kind of starts up top of a hill. And the rest of course is down this sort of off camber goalie uh, down to a, a creek. Um, so you have a lot of uh, elevation. Uh, the ground was soft and mm. tacky. Mm. So it looked like Got it a was sticky mud. Sticky mud. And I saw someone call it heavy slow. Okay. So uh, the tire cam. What was the tire cam showing uh, on the start line there, Bodie? Did you? Well, CX, CX Magazine did a tire cam. Yeah. They actually walked in front of one of my photos. So all, uh, it was all PDX tires for the most part, right? Seemed to be like, yeah, intermediates. Yeah. Intermediates. I yeah. Um, I actually didn't pay too close attention to that. So there grief, some... Griefos. Yeah, so Griefo and I did see, MXPs. I did mm-hmm. see a few files. I saw a few files as like backup wheel sets. Just yeah, in case. I didn't see any Because it wasn't, it wasn't super, it wasn't like wet. There was one wet spot and that was where, near the pit, where the um, bike washing station. Washers yeah. are. <laughs> right. So, so it's just like runoff that. from the washers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, so Katie Compton, pretty dominant uh, on day one. She, uh, her and, uh, gosh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Pan Ams. Gosh, I really don't remember this race at all. <laughs> anyway. You have the results. All right, this is great content. Yeah. Because I remember watching the Euros. I remember that. I'll, I'll say this that taking photos of a bike race i have not learned how to also keep track of the race and mm. really pay and like have a race report like i couldn't i couldn't do photos and a race report like if someone hired me to do that right um because i'm so much thinking about where are they going next can i get there before them what's my next shot what shot i have i already done i don't want to do that shot again how's the light how are my settings? Right. Is there another photographer there? I better get out of his way. Can I make it over not, there? You're not, you're not watching the race from one static spot, obviously. You're running around, and so you're just not exactly able to follow the action. Yeah. You're just um, setting up the shot. And that's why, like, race commentators are watching a video feed of the race of exactly the where time. the riders are at at all times. And it's like, you can't do that. When you're, when you're actually sat there, you, you don't get to see that. Well, how did the race turn out, Bodie? Well, you know, we had uh, Katie Compton won, Katie Keogh got second, and Crystal Anthony got third, which meant that Katie Keogh took home the overall in the U.S. Cup CX. Deservedly um, so. She's yeah. had a great season. Uh, took home a check of $12,500. Yeah. Uh, they, had, they had giant checks. Um, they were all pretty stoked. I saw that, they and they, they did manage to get... The prize money for second and third as well. I saw yeah, it so those I think folks had a giant third check got as well. Two thousand dollars, and then second got I can't remember exactly what it was. It was not comparable to what first got, but still a good chunk of change. Definitely a good chunk of change. And uh, Ryan Trebone, obviously, who sort of spearheaded this thing, was there. Um, he was fixing course tape. He was running around, uh, you know, doing his whole thing and. Uh, Handing out, handing out prizes and bags of coffee and giant checks. Um, so that was cool to see. 
Um, yeah. So how about the uh, how so about the men's race? How did that go? Well, the guy who's on fire right now, mm. the guy with red hair, Stephen Hyde, he won. He won uh, the men's race, followed by Gage Hecht. Another strong finish, second place behind That's Stephen great. Hyde again. Um, he's really uh, coming into form right now. And uh, Kerry Warner, Mr. Consistent, finished third. Yep. And so that kept Kerry Warner on the podium for the USGP. And Tobin, who got fourth, got third in the USGP uh, overall. Or not, sorry, the US Cup. Okay, so he dropped. So the man who was leading the whole thing, that, but, but he stayed on the podium, he, but he dropped he to did. third. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had he had three wins, and then he had two really bad days. Yeah. And then, he, you know, Stephen Hyde had four wins, and so he was able to take home the overall. Yeah. Um, All right. And Stephen Hyde just is terribly on form right now. He's yeah. super strong. I mean, exactly as I predicted. I was uh, going to say, he's on really on form right now, but he's, he's just waiting for McTubbin. To gear back up Which for is, yeah, Nats. Yeah, let's yeah foreshadowing. Your prediction is that I call. Mc, I said McTubbin is going to win Nats in Reno. You know what was interesting about McTubbin, and and I know that he's sort of freelancing uh, this season, or not freelancing. He is. Uh, what's the term that they use? Um, privateer. Privateer. Yeah. So. Cannondale's got a giant setup. Rafa yeah. Focus got a giant setup. Stan No Tubes. These teams all have pretty big tents. Yeah. Um, He's on donkey Tobin, label. Tobin Oakland was warming up, not in the team area. I saw this, your picture, yeah. Yeah, the picture of him uh, in his little white rental van yeah. all by himself on his trainer, which is, is really it was an interesting visual image to me, and I don't know if I quite captured it. Um, I probably should have got a wider shot, but I just, I don't, it, maybe it says something a little about him. Maybe he's a little bit of an outsider, or maybe he's a little bit of a, fu or not so much an fu but just like i'm gonna do it my own way like even if you guys aren't well, you know, i'm not gonna get this the big support or maybe maybe it's like he's not been quite there yet but like next year i'm sure there's people gonna be throwing checks at him, yeah right? no that that's that's also very true yeah i think uh i guess i just found it interesting that he he didn't choose to put his setup near anybody else Okay. Maybe he maybe he just wants to stay in his own zone and and focus on what he has to do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see uh, how the rest of the season plays out between him and him and Stephen Hyde. They all him Stephen and Carrie all seem to have a pretty good uh, repertoire and they seem to be friends and joke around with each other like before the race and stuff. Yeah. And so I think they really enjoy uh, going after each other. Well, I think that's another interesting thing about Cross that tends to be a, a much better camaraderie between rivals than there does say in road you know it's it's a more relaxed environment altogether anyway I, and it's I kind a little of feel, more one-on-one too right so you are really kind you're of, not you're, it's not a team it's not really a team sport is it yeah yeah it can be there's some elements sometimes well with telling it for day you can exa- get telling that for day is the only team that is using teams team tactics in the euro right i think they're I think they, I uh i think their riders have to ride in packs of two don't they yeah yeah that's part of at their least that's part of their marching orders yeah there were a lot of yellow bikes in the eurocross in that peloton there yeah i do want to give a shout out to i'm gonna say he's a friend of the podcast um uh alan krugoff who Kind of had some really bad weeks racing. I was talking to him. I've got to know him over uh, Trek and this weekend. And he is a 
not only does he race pro cross, he is a full-time photographer, videographer. So we have a few things in common and we kind of bonded over that and chatted about a few things. And he had some, some heavy work weeks, he said. Um, and so it kind of affected his training, but he rode really well on Saturday. He was, I was taking photos and I noticed him the first lap, he was way back in the field. And I was like, darn, you know, not another bad weekend for Alan, but he worked his way up to seventh place and uh, he was pretty jazzed after the race. So it was really cool to see that. Nice. So kudos, Alan. So that was Saturday, Derby Cup. Yep. Derby Cup Sunday uh, was Pan Am's. Same course. Same course. They, same direction, everything. Everything the same. They, uh, there was a sort of plunge or downhill off-camber turn that they uh, chose an even steeper uh, downhill that all the UCI races used. Okay. Um, so they had like the 17 U23 women. Um, and uh, Gage Hecht, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast, won the U23s. Okay. Yep. Pretty, uh, he got away pretty early and, and took it outright. But I think there would have been a good battle between him and Spencer Petrov of Aspire Racing had Spencer Petrov not broken his chain at the start. Mm, too many uh, watts. Too many watts. And I was one of the only people to, to watch it. And I got a, some pretty good photos of the whole uh, incident. So mm-hmm. if you go on my uh, Instagram, yeah, yeah, you ride, you'll see about six photos that I think kind of tell a nice little story about his experience. And he gave me, or maybe Stu Thorne, the old uh, middle finger salute. Really? As he was running past. Yeah, he, he broke his chain and had to run to pit one. And as he was running around, I ran across to get a photo of him. Mm. And I was snapping photos. And he, as he came by, he, he flipped me off. But he, I don't know if he was necessarily flipping me off or he was flipping Stu Thorne, who was the Cannondale mechanic, mm. who maybe had been like, you know, oh, what happened? Did you, yeah. you did your chain break? Yeah. And then I, I imagine it was like a, a playful, like they're all friends, you know, but. Uh, yeah. I think if you have a mechanical before you cross the start finish line, you should be able to just get a new bike. I don't think you should have to run to the pits if you haven't even started the race and crossed the line. Sure you should. They should just have pit bikes there at the start. Yeah, or just your team should just be able to give you a new bike at the start if you are not even if the race is not even your race is not even underway just a a thought yeah i I disagree yeah i I think that uh the pit is where you get your pit bike you don't need i mean otherwise it's like what you're gonna leave like bikes lying around all over the place (laughs) for people to pick up you know it's like then it's then it's who's got the most bikes you know it's like it's bad enough that they you know like some people are disadvantaged they might have just one pit bike whereas i'm sure Stephen Hyde has multiple pit bikes that he can choose from, others with different tires and different tire pressures and all this kind of crap. Whereas, you know, privateers like Tobin Ortenblad probably only have one pit bike or two pit yeah. bikes, you know. So I think, well, I think, we, we, yeah. don't, we don't get together here every week to agree on everything. No, <laughs> well, we're, we're disagreeing. Well, and, let, and, let's, and let's move on to people who have earned multiple pit bikes, and that would be... Uh, Katie, uh, Katie Compton, who once yep. again won the Pan Am Champs. Yes. Um, her and uh, Katie Keogh were together for quite a bit. They distanced everybody else, but it was it looked like it was going to be Katie and uh, Catherine Compton. But there was a slight bobble on these little uh, off-camber uh, uphill turns, 
And that gap, uh, Katie, uh, Katie Keogh had a slight bobble, and that gap that was created was pretty much it, and she could never catch back on. Well, I saw you posted a photo, Bodie, of the two of them in what looked like the same frame, and Katie Compton was taking the high line on an off-camber, and Katie Keogh, I think it was Katie Keogh, uh, was down at the base of that off camera am i right that was from saturday and that was katie keogh and yeah, that was a uh, magalie rochette ah, who okay. was up top yeah yeah who did not have a great weekend but great photo though thank you showing the difference of those two lines yeah that was a really cool uh, spot to watch so yeah so katie compton repeats for the fourth time in a row yeah i think, I think maybe she's is, the yeah. only pan am champ that we've had uh katie keogh was you know was almost there really like you it's just it's kind of like the old guard and the new guard and they've been racing together for a long time still though so i mean kitty right has been around for a while so she's not like new on the scene but it was it was great to see them and you know it's like this might have been the moment she might have like finally taken her down but wasn't going to be the the time this this weekend and uh we had a repeat in the men's race as well repeat champ Stephen Hyde. Stephen Hyde, once again, just a dominant race. Just he, you know, the race started out um, with Michael Vandeham, the current Canadian national champion. That's right. Who uh, I also met this weekend. Super with nice With a pseudo guy. Dutch name. Yeah. Um, and he. Jean Claude Van Dam. <laughs> Jean Claude Vandenham. I also learned that apparently uh, his his name is also Michael James. So we have that in common. But he, he took it, uh, so I posted a photo of him on Instagram, and he reposted it and said that he only had 40 minutes of racing on Saturday, and that hopefully tomorrow he'll have more. He came out hot from the gun yeah. and just like took it to, the, to the, the elite field and kind of forced the split, forced the main big guys to catch up to him. And I thought maybe he would fade. He didn't. Um, but Stephen Hyde eventually just rode away from everybody, and there is sort of this long uphill slog climb, yeah. and it was pretty amazing to stand there and watch, because they're going pretty slow, to watch Jay Powell, Stephen Hyde, Vandeham, Tobin Ortenblad, and Kerry Warner, you know, top riders in, in the, Amer- the Americas, just grinding out, you know, like probably yeah. 500, 600 watts up this hill, and you're just like right there. You can just like... You can just hear them breathing. You can just feel their the hot breath coming out of their mouth as they're like suffering up oh. the hill. All right. <laughs> you can see the sweat dripping. Yeah. It was. It's a cool experience. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, Stephen Hyde wore him down. Got a gap. Jay Pow and Stephen Hyde were trading blows, and I was pretty excited because mm. I thought, hey, finally the the big Jay Pow Stephen Hyde showdown we've wanted to see. Yeah. But apparently, uh, uh, Jay Pow DNF'd. He had some heart uh, issues. Heart issues. Elevated heart rate up to 213 for a few minutes. Been there. Uh, So he feeling you there, Jay Powell. He dropped out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And for men of a certain age, I think that is now a factor. (laughs) Foreshadowing to some DSGP race reporting that I'm going to give you guys. Yeah, and so we'll wrap this up. Exclusive hot takes. We'll wrap it up. So Stephen Hyde was away. Um, Vanaham and Tobin Ortenblad were really. we're really battling out, and I think it kind of came down to the last little upsy-daisy before the finish line, and uh, Tobin kind of sprinted it first and got away from Vanaham, and and that was your podium. Um, but a strong, great race. 
So, All Bodie, right. you said that you were uh, chatting with Alan Krugoff on Saturday, and you also mentioned you had a chance on either Saturday or Sunday to, to chat with the guys from Bike Shop CX about uh, Southeastern Cyclocross. I did, yeah. I uh, heard the podcast where they talked about, well, they they put out the, the ask, do people in the South race cross and, you know, you know, let us know how it is and what's going on. And yeah. so I saw his van and I went up to a Sunday night and said, hey, are you Scott? And he goes, yeah. And you just, uh, and we just chatted for a bit and let him know about uh, the, the small yet strong scene we have. And I talked about Delta States Grand Prix and kind of mentioned a little bit of Alabama cross, mm-hmm. and a little bit of uh, Pensacola. And I told him I would send him an email of uh, with the photos from from uh, baton rouge and he was excited to hear about it that's great yeah well do you guys want to hear about uh the dsgp race this weekend i do yeah yes all right well let's uh let's do that then segway dsgp music oh yeah. god really <laughs> it's the lone ranger theme that's right there you go matt uh, you don't have to do that you can just keep this in this is funny too <laughs> uh so uh the race was in ruston louisiana Yep. Uh, for those who are not familiar, Ruston is a beautiful, smaller town up in uh, north central, northwest Louisiana. It's about five hours from New Orleans. Yep. It's about five yeah. hours from anywhere. Pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, 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 it is uh, actually closer to Dallas than it is to New Orleans, for yeah. sure. Yep. Uh, and um, a lot of Cowboys fans up there. Yeah, true. True that. Yep. Uh, but uh, it does tend to uh, it does tend to discourage uh, people from uh, making that long trip. Uh, the numbers were not as great for this race, although there were a few folks that came over from Dallas to race, which was nice. Made some yeah. new friends. Very nice. Um, I made the trip up solo. Uh, couldn't talk the kids into coming with me. I think Sarah is officially not a cyclocross racer uh, this season. Um, but all we good. just need to get, I just need to get your daughter to follow the right people on Instagram, yeah, and then she'll think uh, Cyclocross is cool again, like Ellen Noble, yeah, and uh, various other <laughs> awesome women. I was wondering, where, yeah, I mean, Santa Cant, sure, yeah, yeah. but uh, there's uh, a well, lot of them. Me, I have a pretty cool life, post school <laughs> photos, but uh, like it was encouraging yes, that yes. Uh, there were um, eight. Juniors yeah. racing. That's, That's cool. impressive. So that was great. That's good. Uh, and a number of them from the uh, NOLA CX Kids Project that yep. uh, our teammate Kurt Gerrand uh, is uh, is running down here. So that was great. Yeah. I saw that the uh, Gerrand Racing uh, uh, mobile uh, home was there. They were there and using, yep. it, using it as a mobile home to camp on the beautiful grounds of Lincoln Parish Park where the race was. Yeah. Um, good weather. Uh, had uh, maybe a teeny bit of rain the night before. It was a little damp, but but not at all uh, wet and muddy. The course I would describe as dry for the most part. Uh, super challenging. Uh, Bodie, you've been up to Lincoln Parish Park yeah. before. Matt, I don't think you've raced at Ruston. No, I've only ever... I, I listened to one Lincoln Park song, and uh, <laughs> and that was it. I, I didn't really, I didn't really you know, touch my soul. You. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the park is uh, hilly. Uh, it is uh, 
There's a mountain bike course that runs around the perimeter of the park. Which I've heard is really good. It's a very nice uh, mountain bike trail, according to people that I know that have ridden it. I've never ridden it on a mountain bike or done yep. the full trail, but uh, the cyclocross course incorporates parts of it, including uh, what is affectionately known as Hamburger Hill. Mm. Um, probably about an 80-foot, eh, maybe not, 60 feet vertical, um, short punchy 18 percent climb yeah uh that actually the mountain bike course comes down uh, but the cyclocross course goes up that hill and then down through some single track a lot of climbing not a course that favors a guy like me who's underpowered um it's got some technical parts to the course but overall i would describe it as a course that requires kind of you know relentless power up all of these Punch, puncher power? Puncher power up these little climbs. Big contingent of uh, Urban South women. Yes. Yeah, that, that showed awesome. up to race. So that was great. They uh, rented a big house out in the country uh, and um, just had a ton of fun and really brought the stoke to this race. I would say that was the defining feature of this race was the, uh, was the, the boss women from uh, Urban South Racing that uh that really brought it and um and did very well lots of great results for them uh in the women's four or five race um a new member of the team emma scott finished second and christina larson finished third so we had two awesome of our uh women on the podium in the women's four or five race uh that race was won by a great woman by the name of heather sawtell who came over from dallas uh, she really dominated that race and then had a great uh, uh, great race as well in the uh, women's open race on, on Saturday. Uh, I'm sorry, but I reversed it. Christina Larson was second on Saturday, and Emma Scott was third on Saturday, and the order was reversed on, uh, on Sunday between second and third. So they were okay. on the podium both days. Great. Uh, so that's cool that, you know, having the women's four or five allows some of the newer women who are strong to – you know, get a little podium time. Yeah. You know, no, it's that great. her strong beginners. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get some of that. I, I love that there are, there is more than one women's race now. I think that's phenomenal. I think that's great. Yeah. And a lot of the beginner women are actually going out and racing the women's open race as well, which on a course like the course up in Ruston, yeah, it sounds rough. You know, to do two races <laughs> almost in a row like that, yeah. uh, the the masters races in between the two, so you get a little bit of a break, but not much. Man, I tell you what, the last thing in the world I wanted to do after racing the masters race was to think about, you know, doing another race. So, right, kudos to these women, you know, that that were out there uh, doing the second race. Um, and the, the women's open race, uh, Kim McLean won. Heather Sawtell, again, from uh, uh, Dallas, finished second. And then, Bodie, your uh, significant other, uh, Emily, uh, was third in the race on Saturday. Raced a great race. Uh, Kim McLean was on a mountain bike, so she had a, a pretty good advantage on that bike. Bike doping. Sorry. Yeah. A little bit of bike doping A little bit of there. bike doping, yeah. I mean, what, yeah. what I because heard is I believe is that she does have a cyclocross bike. She does. This is what I heard is that she went on her cyclocross bike and could not ride up the hill mm. on a cyclocross bike, so she got in the mountain bike. Yeah. And, and, and meanwhile, Emily's like, well, I rode up five times on my cyclocross bike, so. Yeah. 
So what's well, what's uh, up what's up with that? I, I guess I guess the onus falls on the race director yes. to design a course that is for cyclocross bikes and well, does not. But it's hard though because when you put sand in a in a in a cyclocross course, yeah, like that's that's great. Like that's that's a challenging feature of cyclocross is riding your bike on sand. But you put it on a mountain bike, you just, or a fat bike. Well, we had this conversation. Yeah. We have already at so the race. No, no, no. Oh. I, I mean that I had this conversation with the race director, mm-hmm. race promoter, our yeah. good friend Wes, and we were positing that it might be time in DSGP to limit the use of mountain bikes to the beginner categories only. I think that's. I, I, I personally, fair. I personally yeah. think that's a, a a great idea. Good compromise, I think. Because it's I like think it's a good compromise. You don't have a cross bike, new to cross. Yes. Bring your mountain bike. That's right. That's you want, awesome. You want to race we the fives. Come... You want to race juniors. Yep. Yeah. You want to race the women's four or five. Yep. Race a mountain bike. You want to race, you know, the fours, women's open, masters, single speed, you know, uh, or the one two three race, cross only. Yeah. I I agree. I think that's a good. I think it's a good compromise. So All right. That, that may be happening. Cool. Anyway, yeah, just uh, a smattering of other quick results. We had uh, Will Gonzaba from Urban South uh, Racing, powered by Roulette, finishing in second nice. in the fours on Saturday, uh, and uh, the one two three race. Uh, Scott Cuppersmith, not surprisingly, uh, won Saturday. Shocked. Uh, Peter Reed finished second. Jonathan Kripe uh, finished in third. So that's. Um, Fairly, fairly predictable. Um, on Sunday, though, was a different story in the one-two-three race. Uh, our own Wes McWhorter borrowed my bike. Yeah, I saw that. And mm-hmm. raced the one-two-three race, and finished in fourth. Nice. Uh, behind Peter Reed. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm pulling the results now. Yeah, Peter John Reed, Cripe. Jonathan Cripe, and, and Jack, Jack White, White, who finished in third. Where was Scott Coppersmith? Scott Coppersmith DNF'd. What? I didn't stick around for the end of that race, but I was talking with Wes afterwards. Apparently, Cup uh, phased back to uh, j Pal that we talked about earlier had overheated. He Interesting. Had a, um, he had a physical, a physical DNF. Mm. Said he overheated. Wes said he came by him after the sand segment on the beach. And and Cup was sitting on the steps, just giving him the "I'm done" sign. Wow! So never seen that happen. And what happened to Stuart Patrick? Don't know what happened to Stuart Patrick. Because you know that guy would be on the podium usually. So right, that's right. Well, he would start last, and then he, he would start work last, his way yeah. up through the field and be on the podium. Interesting. So I don't know that. Okay. Um. And. Uh, other than that, just a couple couple quick notes. I uh, want to give a, a big shout-out to Rudy Horvath. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is currently in the lead in the in the juniors. He's, he's pretty much winning all those junior races. But that's not what I wanted to talk about for Rudy. What I wanted to talk about with Rudy is that Rudy Horvath, after his race was done, all these other kids are messing around, playing, riding on their bikes, being kids. Here's Rudy standing at the edge of the course, and every time I came by, he would yell out my name, clap his hands, and tell me, great job, keep at it, Oh, that's keep good. Nice. Dude great. was like a serious supporter. He was, he was giving you some tips, probably, too, <laughs> yeah. on like how to ride your bike. He was like, you, <laughs> if, 
if you could just ride like me, you would be doing much better right now. I heard that he was supporting uh, Emily, and he gave her some tips. And when he, when she actually followed his advice in the sand, she said, "Oh yeah, it was a really good line." So yeah. I think Rudy is uh, super stoked on cross. I know this is probably his favorite uh, cycling discipline, and. Yeah. I think he's going to have a long and bright future. Yeah, he's really good at it, and he's just a really good dude. So yeah. thanks, Rudy. And, and also, it he, has a, lot he has a better cross bike than all of us. I just want to point that out, too. But yeah, he's got loving parents. You know, he deserves <laughs> it, I'm sure. No, I'm not, that, that does not, you know, that's nothing about his abilities. I'm just jealous. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. yeah, that's about it. Great great weekend of racing um, and looking forward to DSGP number three mm. in Hattiesburg. In yeah, new two venue. New excited venue. Excited to see. Uh... Be excited. And, guys, it's... But that's the day. That's going to be the day after the... Uh... The Ridgeland race. Ridgeland, Ridgeland Cyclocross uh, Project. Festival of Cyclocross, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, right. Uh, guys, uh, kind of hard to believe... But uh, at this point in the season, through sheer perseverance and uh, showing up, I am currently sitting second overall in the uh, Masters. Uh, wow, yeah. good job! You. I mean, I think I, I think that definitely puts you in the lead for winning the podcast. Currently. Yeah, way way ahead in winning the podcast. <laughs> uh, Matt gets a lot of points for his, his his cold open, though. I got my cold open, and also I showed up on Sunday to help uh, our good friend Chris Teske with the uh, NOLA Kids Cyclocross Project. I put my skin suit on, and I did some demo stuff for the kids. And I've got to say, I was way better than any of them at the sprint starts <laughs> and and uh, and doing the barriers. So That's good. I was crushing it. You got, the, you got you the whole got, shot every time. Sometimes you got to dunk on some children to make yourself feel better, you know? Yeah. I get yeah. it. I get I, it. I, I, oh, I did. I, I slam dunked them. Yeah. <laughs> did you put any in, in, <laughs> did you put any of them into the tape? I, I did some... Uh, put your daughter some, into the tape? I did some great goal celebrations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, slide, sliding into the finish line on my knees and... Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it, it, you know, in hindsight, it's a little embarrassing, but whatever, <laughs> you know, I was, I was ripping it. Well, guys, we've got another entrant this week in the uh, who's winning the podcast guy we hadn't heard from in a while. He's going to take a shot at trying to earn a few points here tonight with uh, with his pedicab confession segment. Uh, Mr. A. Aaron, Aaron Viles uh, is back with a new installment of Pedicab Confessions. Do you guys want to take a listen? I do. Let's do that. All right, this is Aaron. We are out in the French Quarter in our bright yellow tricycle, uh, the Bike Taxi Unlimited Pedicab. And we've got a couple of great sports in the Pedicab. We've just had a tour of New Orleans, seen some sights. Tell me what your names are. Helen. And I'm Doris. And where are you guys from? From California. I am too, but I'm from Villa Park. Excellent. That's great. So this is called Pedicab Confessions. It's just, you know, talking about pedicabbing in New Orleans, talking about New Orleans itself, talking maybe a little bit about bike racing. Uh, So what do you guys know about bike racing? Oh, I know from my son, who um, has done some pretty major (laughs) bike rides, like from the Canadian border all the way down to San Clemente, where we live, which is surfing town. Wow, all the way from the Canadian border to Southern California. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
That, yeah, that's impressive. And the biggest one that impressed me the most was the Leadville 100, which is in Colorado, and they start, I think it's at 10,000 feet, and go up from there. And he was trying to hang back, he said, for a couple of his buddies, but then he finally just had to finish it. And it was 10 hours and 50 minutes, so almost 11 hours straight uphill in that altitude. I can't even imagine. I cannot imagine. You saw our ride today. I pointed out the big hill. I didn't even go up the big hill, and that big hill is maybe, you know, a foot. So, uh, yeah, I could not do the Leadville 100, I'm pretty sure. I love, though, that he had to, like, drop his buddies. Like, yeah, I just can't hang, cannot wait for the buddies anymore. (laughs) He also rides with two orthopedic doctors, which has come in handy. Because he hit a pothole and flew over and creamed his knee, and they got him home. I don't know quite if they did it. Always good to have doctors and, and medics uh, with you, you know, when things things go a little sideways. Well, that's so uh, great. So uh, let's call it, like I said, Pedicap Confessions. Anything you've done here in New Orleans that's crazy that you want to confess to or anything, you know, done silly that maybe, you know. We're awfully sedate. I mean, <laughs> even if we're from California. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, stopping and chatting with me about uh, pedicabbing in New Orleans, and thanks for telling me about your son. Thank you for the ride and for seeing the fridge quarter. That was terrific. Great. And what's your uh, son's bike uh, club called? Uh, The Velo 605. All right. Little Velo 605 shout out here on Yeah You Ride. All right. Thanks so much, ladies. Well, what are the chances that Aaron picks up someone who's done Leadville 100? That's pretty awesome. That's or someone pretty- whose son or grandson. Okay, yeah, tra- sorry. Has Grand- done, grandson. Right. Has done Leadville 100. And yeah. they were pretty proud. Well, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's we great. know a few people who've done Leadville, Leadville 100 too, right? We do. There's a few from New Orleans. A few yeah. New Orleans. Uh, Matt Urchel's done it. Uh, Woody Boudreaux's done it. Yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, I think we've got maybe a couple of other guys. A couple yeah. of Giro guys have done it. Yep. Yep. So, so uh, the uh, Bodie, I guess that's uh, I guess that's how you feel when you're riding with uh, with me and Matt. You're like, man, I'm trying to wait up for my buddies, but I uh, just can't ride as slow as they do. Yeah, I'm like, I I gotta get the reds first. Yeah. I gotta mm. yeah. I yeah. gotta I gotta be under 15 minutes. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got an idea though for, uh, for Aaron for the next pedicab confession. The next time you want to pick somebody up in your pedicab, um, and 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 get, ask a crazy question about all the wild shit that they did while they were in New Orleans. <laughs> get somebody uh, under the age. Get somebody under yeah. the age of seventy. Yeah. Don't get some sweet old ladies who were offering you Werther's originals. Yeah, That's right. Un- unless it's my dad. Yeah. Because I think he'd probably have some stories. There. They're like, yeah, we yeah. Uh, we totally took way too many Geritol before we came out tonight. Yeah. OD'd OD on Geritol. Uh, get some people from the Plushies and Furries convention uh, or something like that. You know, there's got to be there's got to be some. I think that I think that we need to have Aaron ask people questions about cycling. I like that idea. We've talked about that. Yeah. Sort and of then a, we should guess if they get it right, mm. or something along those lines. Or guess their answers. Yeah. Okay. And those points can be used to design who you know who is winning the podcast. It sounds familiar in some kind of way. I don't know, like if I feel like I've heard of this before in some kind of way. You might have. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Aaron, I'm for uh, points. Points for you for uh, 
dropping us a little uh, installment of Petty Cab Confessions in our inbox. Uh, one point off for, uh, uh, you know, just not, still just not quite being the crazy elusive, enough with that. Yeah. The elusive story that Townsend elus- is searching yeah, for. I don't know what he wants. But. Back Town- alley sex in the pedicab. Yeah. Townsend just, is desiring something a little more salubrious. Yeah. Uh, Townsend, I think you need to go home and turn on your HBO, bro, <laughs> and look for the Red Shoe Diaries. Or maybe it's uh, Cinemax. Uh... Well, guys, Speaking we- of trashy back alley exploits that yes. Townsend wanted to hear about, Ooh, what yeah. about we have a new segment uh, this week called Trash or Panache. Who tried to match the panache of the guru. so my outfit's tight. When it comes to panache, I can't be beat. So I'm excited to get to this. Uh, this yeah. is this is purely us pontificating and objectifying um, cycling kits. Yeah, indeed. But also giving giving our listeners an opportunity to weigh in and on on their thoughts about kit as well, and uh, for us to do a big reveal on the Facebook poll and what it revealed about uh, what they thought. Yeah. So first first off, we've got team dimension data. So the right? first kit we, we posted the poll on was the first uh, 2018 kit to be revealed, which was a lovely photograph of uh, Mark Cavendish, mm-hmm. uh, front and back, wearing the new team dimension data um, MTN Quebeca kit right um guys where do we want to start we want to start with the listener poll we want to start with our own thoughts about it what do well, we want to do I, I i'd like to say yeah why don't we start with what the listeners said what was what was the result of the listener poll what do you what do you think what was the result the result of the listener poll was 58 percent trash 42 percent panache okay pretty evenly split i uh, I think that was a fairly how resounding victory know, for trash. How many? How if many? This was a presidential people, election. People uh, voted in this poll. Uh, in the and that one's been up for a few days. We have forty-three total votes. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that we have. There are. It's impressive that we, there are forty-three people that actually uh, would actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm like, just. I'm that's just like. like all I think we should just close the show there because that 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 impresses me enormously. We had forty-two people vote in a Facebook poll. Forty-three. So, right. Okay, so who wants to give their opinion? Yes, I'm going to say something right now. Okay. <laughs> what is this? Here's my, here's my hot take on this. Yep. Okay. If that picture had been of Bernie Isle and not Mark Cavendish, it would have been panache oh, and not trash. Interesting. Okay. That's my take. Interesting, Matt, because I get where you're going with that. Yep. And I think a lot more of uh, a lot more people, including maybe my wife, might have voted panache if it had been Bernie Eisel instead of Mark Cavendish, just because he probably looks better in the kit. Is that what you're? Well, Cav has a massive head, and you know he has this giant head, and yeah. also oh, you're talking about his ego. And well, that's the other thing is his head uh, is representative of his ego, and it's also uh, I think a lot of people that we know are not big fans of Cav. Uh, I personally am. I love him. I think he's awesome because he's the best sprinter in the world ever. And, you know, he's British 
and he's former world champion, and he's the greatest Tour de France sprinter ever. Well, so Matt, where do you come yeah, out on this kit? Are you, you are you trash or panache? You know what? The kit is. Mm. You're equivocating here. This is a this is a this is a trash I, I, I or think panache. Here's my here's okay. Here's two parts. My take is I think people are looking at Cav and they don't like Cav. I get that because he is a divisive figure. But it's like go beyond that and look at the kit. I think the kit is. Okay. See, but this is trash. It's not a mesh. There is no There's a one-word answer to yeah. this question. It's not amazing. No, you. But it's not. <laughs> what? What's your answer? You're a politician. What's going on? Give us an answer. I'm gonna give it panache. It's better than last year's kit, and I okay. think it's clean and it's fine. I think it's okay. good. I, I like it. I also voted panache. Good. I voted panache by mistake. <laughs> but I'm. But I'm going to defend. My panache vote. Okay. Because I was on the fence with this one. Yeah. I clicked panache because I was trying to enlarge the photograph to take a better <laughs> look at it. And I didn't realize that I was <laughs> casting my vote by clicking on the photograph. This is I've, the poll you created yourself yeah, right. too, right? But I, I didn't really know exactly how it worked. And this but is I, how Trump won. But I voted panache. Interestingly, though, <laughs> one of the reasons that I was leaning toward voting panache on this particular kit is because it was Cav and because he's got the former world champ stripes on the sleeve. Oh. That lends some panache to this kit, which otherwise I think is fairly vanilla. But I voted panache, and I'm standing by that vote. But would you consider it... I mean, I think it, it is fairly middle of the road, right? Yes. But it's not really trash. I mean, it's not a terrible kit. But right? you've only got two choices. Yeah, you've it's got either panache there, there or it's is, trash. There is no milk toast. Well, so, that's a, you know, I'm going to say... We don't equivocate on this podcast I, with respect to kit, Matt. Well, we haven't posted the new Nippo Vini Fantini kit yet. There is no porridge <laughs> so, option. All right. Well, you guys want to know panache. my thoughts? All I'm right. still going Yeah, buddy, give it, give it. <clears throat> I know what you're going. I voted trash. Of course you did. But in 10 years when we look back, we'll call that kit panache. Okay. So it's Because today's- it's classic, it's timeless, it is so middle of the road that it works in a lot of places. It's clean. I think that we'll see that the next kit, I think we're going to vote a different way on, is also going to be opposite in a few years. Okay. So, interesting. Well, So you're saying this week's trash is next week's panache, and maybe this week's panache is next week's trash. Yep. Interesting. Uh, I do lament the passing of the collar on cycling jerseys in general. And well, this, this he... kit is a prime example of the collarless kit. Here's a question, though. Was he modeling the skin suit? Or was he, because mo- I couldn't really tell, or was he modeling the jersey yeah, you, and bibs? You, there was a horrible photo also because you didn't see. Yeah, you yeah, couldn't the, see the whole thing. Yeah. You can't so, see, the, you can't see the, the bibs at and all. And they actually posted a little joke thing about potentially there were going to be bright green bibs or white bibs. And they were like, ha ha, April Fool's is not just for April kind of thing. They're going to be black bibs. So they kind of played with that themselves a little bit about it. So no, there will be black bibs with it. Obviously, we'd probably Design's like some. Design's not finished, obviously. For well, what they, it's they for were what showing it's worth, the jersey. Yeah. for what it's worth, my wife hated this kit. <laughs> uh, she said, yes, she did. "Is this a joke? It's butt ugly. Is that a green hand or a tree? Where's the collar? What's happening?" That was her. That was Emily. Her also had similar. She said, "Is that a trash? Is that a trash can? Is that Oscar the Grouch like recycling something?" So, 
Friend of the podcast, Vincent G, comments, massive kudos for a not primarily black kid. Okay. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. I, I approve of that. And I understand the argument. But the, the worst thing is like for pro teams is they can't choose their sponsors' logos. Yeah. And we got to remember that part of it too. Well, right? I have to say, I, I sort of like the hand. I don't find it offensive at all. I like it. In any event. And I, should, anyway. I think they display it better this year, on or the 2018, than they did on the 2017. I think they've cleaned the kit up, mm-hmm. and I think they've improved on what they were doing in 2017. So I'm giving them... That gives me, like, a little extra bonus points for them for that. And I think the Quebec Foundation is awesome, and they are, uh, air quotes, Bodie, uh, Africa's team. So they get they get points for me for that <laughs> for just those sort of things. All right. Even though there is Cavs massive heed in there, you know. What's a heed? It's this massive heed. Heed. <laughs> I think All that's right. head in another English language. Scott. So let's move on yeah. to uh, a little more of a flashy kit. Yeah. This uh, one we this one we alluded to last week. This we was did. the this was the inspiration for the Trasher Panache segment. Yeah. Uh, we knew this kit was going to be released this week. Uh, we saw a hint at uh, some of the colors and maybe a hint at some of the design. Right. Uh, in an earlier post from uh, Cannondale. And this week we actually got the kit reveal. Uh, by the way, we'll post photos of both of these uh, uh, kits on the uh, Yeah, Your Ride website uh, for everyone to look at rather than us trying to describe them. Uh, but uh, the EF Education First Cannondale Draypack Kit. Bodie, why don't you go first on this one? Um, well, what? first, sorry. The poll <laughs> from the listeners, 64% panache, ah. 36% trash. Yeah, I mean, so, I think I actually, I actually, I voted this panache. Okay. Uh, I think I want to change it right now to trash. Okay. Um, wow. And I, here's you can't my, do that, by the way. You're locked in. You can't change your vote. Yeah, <laughs> I found that out because I tried to change my vote yeah. on the on the Quebec kit. Were you um, trying to zoom in? You accidentally clicked. No, Panache. I I can't. All right. Anyway, well, here's here's my reasoning for my thought. It's it relates to the Quebec kit. Um, it's it's like a pop song. You know, the first time you hear a pop song on the radio. It goes in your ear. It's earworm. It gets you. You start jamming along. You're loving it. Yeah. Two weeks later, it's the worst song ever. You hate it. You can't stand it. Right. Now, now, but take like a good modest mouse track that might be kind of difficult to listen to the first time, and then years later, you realize how good it is. Mm. This kit is like a pop song. It looks bright and flashy in your face. You want to like it. It's like sugary candy. It's soda. And then two weeks later, you're over it and you feel sick. Yeah, it's then you know it's like it's no Brooklyn Gum, right? So the Brooklyn Gum would be the would be the Modest Mouse song, and and this is like the Taylor Swift's, you know, which is exactly odd that you, you mentioned something that is so sugary, huh? and uh, and and short lived, didn't I? Like Brooklyn Gum. <laughs> well, um, I voted Panache, uh, yeah. and I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I've got a host of reasons, although I have to say. I'm less secure in my vote of panache since friend of the podcast Jeffrey Phillips posted his photo comment to the uh, to this kit, which is uh, a photo of Rigoberto Oran 
contrasted with a photo of one of the Super Mario Kart mushrooms <laughs> with a giant pink pock looking helmet on. So kudos for that comment, Jeffrey and the, Phillips. And that is it. They have a there is to complement the kit, there is a pink helmet. Yeah. Yes. It 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 the little Super Mario Kart dude mushroom head really looks exactly like Rigoberto Oran in his Cannondale <laughs> kit. I mean, it does. I think we got to put this one up on the website, I've too. I've got to see that. I haven't Bril- seen that Brilliant yet. stuff, Jeffrey. But I will defend my panache choice thusly. Uh, kit has a collar. I like collars. Um, the kit has uh, pink. I like pink. Uh, the kit has, like, a solid color top um, with the pink sleeve and the, mm. and the solid pink half top. I uh, think that looks great. I like the combination of the sort of bright pink and uh, uh, and the watermelon green. Uh, I also like the contrast. We didn't post a photograph of the back of this kit, but I like the fact that the um, Education First logo is in the white part of yeah. the kit on the front and then is on the pink part of the kit on the back. I think I like it's a that nice too. touch. Um, I like the fit of the jersey. I like the way the logos are laid out. And um, I think this one's a winner. Matt? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with some of those points. I think it uh, is interesting. And I think they also, I like the way that Pock deviates from just like straight lines or chevrons and has their own like little curvy thing I going on. That's like, that's synonymous with them. And I like that. I think that's really smart from a clothing manufacturer that they've like created this own like division line that represents them in their own way. Uh, I don't know how I feel yet about the pink and the green combination on the sleeve with the with the the ends of the sleeves with being the green. I think it's like the 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 green argyle thing is. I don't know. It gets a little tenuous at some points uh, for me. I think it's great that they have this new sponsor. I think it's great that they, they're going to stand out in the Peloton. I think that's awesome. And I think that's like the primary objective of this kit is once again, you will see that team, you know, yeah. even when they suck, you're going <laughs> to see them. So to your point about the Argyle, point of though, view, that's great, right? To your point about the Argyle, though, Matt, I actually like the fact that they've lost a lot of the Argyle. They have. Uh, they've just got it on the sleeves, and then if you've seen the bibs, they also have it on the on the power on the band. band. On the, the sleeves, okay, I can't. Barely, see it yeah, photo. see, there you go. It's, it's barely right, there. It's, it's just barely, barely there, there on the on the green band, right? Yeah, barely and, there on the green band. And then it's going to be barely there, I think, on the bands on the bibs. That's true. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's pretty good. I mean, it it always sucks, I think, for a team when they have to have multiple sponsors displayed there because it kind of muddies muddies things up. Uh, but So they have like three now, right? EF, Draypack, and Cannondale. Yeah, so they've got three. They've got the big C on the sleeve. Yeah. Uh, and then they've got like yeah they're basically like stacked on on the front of the jersey I, th- I think it's okay i think it's okay i think it's pretty cool and there's pink there's pink in the peloton and i'm all for that it's orange on their training kits Did it is orange that? on the training kit which and that, is that looks yeah. nice too it has a very irish look to it uh what i did like was seeing riders out i saw set van mark was out on the koppenberg 
and there were shots of him wearing it and it looked pretty good so i'm uh i'm okay with it i'm down with it i did vote panache for it all right so we agree on that one it's panache although Bodie uh says he's gonna change his mind in a week um hipster uh again you the guys are giving it the the panache vote i'm panache on it i like it uh, uh, again, I technically, I voted Panache also. Vincent Vincent G again with a great comment on this one, and I have to say I agree a hundred percent. What was up with this photo of these kits? They all look like they're taken in a shadowy elevator. Yeah, it's an elevator with a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's Pre- not a way you debut a kit. As no. ridiculous. Says. So Vincent gets some points for that comment. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think they should have led with Sepp Van Mark on the Koppenberg. You know, yeah, that's that, how you want to. That's how you want to show it. Yeah, that's that, that. Yeah, exactly. That's how you do it. Not uh, Coach John Mooney, friend of the podcast. By yeah. the way, saw John Mooney up. He was racing on Sunday right. uh, in in uh, in Ruston. Great to see. Great to see John. Um, and he asked about both of you guys, and I told him that uh, Bodie was retired from uh, bike racing, and Matt was a soccer mom. <laughs> so he said, "Screw you both. At Facts. least one of you guys is still riding bikes." Yeah. Uh, but anyway, friend of the podcast, Coach John Mooney, gives this one trash with about sixteen A's. So <laughs> wow, we, we know where we know how he feels about it. Okay, can we talk about his helmet? Uh... <laughs> In any event, we'll we'll post photos if anybody has anything to say about either of these kits that uh, you didn't get a chance to say on Facebook. Uh, drop us an email at yayouride at gmail.com tweet us comment on the Instagram comment on the uh, Facebook post uh, or comment on the website let us know what you think about this and uh, more of this to come guys as more kit is revealed yeah Uh, so thanks everybody for playing along I hope you had as much fun with this as we did and that you enjoyed hearing our hot takes on these two kits steaming yeah, and next week uh, we we're also going to have our review because Road is dead. Road has died. It's yes. officially dead, right? Yes. There's no more Road because the Saitama Criterium happened this week. <laughs> and we may comment about that next week, but it's gone. It's dead. It is DOA. And, and we are going to have a we're road, have, road review segment next yeah, week. Yeah, a little road review. So we will we'll probably post something about that. Get yeah. you guys like what was your favorite race of the year? Uh, your favorite racers of the year, men and women. Yeah, so, I think we I think we talked about a uh, one day favorite race that, one day race. Yep. Harder favorite Master stage race. <laughs> <laughs> favorite stage race. Yep. Uh, MVP for men. MVP for women. Yep. Uh, and maybe MVP yeah, it doesn't have to team. be like biggest winner. It could be like you're just your MVP, your yeah. favorite rider. Yeah. So maybe those five categories. Yeah. Rate one day race, stage race. Yep. Male rider, female rider, and best favorite team of the year. Yeah. So we'll put something up and get from, your from comments either on that. Or women's teams. It could be, and then we'll either. talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, is that it, guys? Are we done? I think so. All right. So as always, guys, like us, subscribe. <laughs> Give us a review. Yep. Uh, we could use it and appreciate your feedback. So <laughs> this is the uh, T-Bone signing off this evening saying I'm still hurting from Rustin. Uh, and this is Sachirio, uh saying, uh, I, I don't know, no idea what to say. Yeah. 
That's your sign-off. You yeah. got to live with that one. Well, this is Bodie Bodie saying, yeah, rate us on iTunes. Are we trash or are we panache? Ooh. Dangerous. Out. Until Dangerous. next week, talk to y'all later. Hard time over here, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> just like missed my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Uh.